You're listening to Rolling Toe with trucking experts Kevin and Mike Beckett. This is the show where you ask the questions and we give you the diagnosis on how to get the most out of your truck. We'll talk about avoiding wear and tear, knowing your suspension and axles, and how to get more mileage from your tires. We're on the audio road. Let's get rolling. Well, good evening. This is Mike. And this is Kevin. And we're here to bamboozle you, baffle you, and deceive you. Right. And we're hoping you can hear us and everything is working out right. We're optimistic. We keep we, we keep on running into difficulties, and this week's difficulty is apparently a low upload-download speed. Yeah, our internet speed sucks. It sucks. But hopefully everything is good now. We got signed on. We heard the introduction. We've got uh, 20-some people. Almost 30 people on the line. Yeah. There's one guy with a question. We're going to ignore him for about a half hour. <laughs> yeah, right? We have so much to talk about. Yes, we do. What do we got to talk about? Uh, well, there's a class. Yes, the classes are coming up in April. And then uh, if they're successful, a three-week-long advanced master class on alignment and tire wear and handling problems. Then we're going to repeat that in July and next October and next January. So about every three months, we're going to run a series of classes. As it proves successful and desirable. Yeah. doesn't prove successful or desirable, we'll quit it. Yeah. I just can't imagine that. Well, we'll see. And then we've just been notified that uh, we are, are going to start doing a half-hour show on the Dave Nemo radio program on XM Satellite Radio. That's right. Yeah, starting Monday, the 27th of February. So next week. Next week. And it'll be the fourth Monday of every month until they decide whether it's viable or not and throw us off the air. Yeah. (laughs) So we'll see. Trying to prove that people actually want to hear it. Yes. And see if it's worthwhile. Well, let's see. So those are our things. Um, Other than that, I don't have a whole lot of news. All the news that is the news, as Gary used to say on the Laugh-In show. Right. Right. All right. Well, let's let's talk to the first guy up there. He's waiting long enough. It's he has waited. 210 area code. Any guess where that is? Oh, I used to know. I'm going to go with uh, Dallas or somewhere. It's there. Texas. Okay. Now, the second question is? Is he in Texas? He can't get out of Texas. You can't get out of Texas. The roads are all blocked at the border. Okay. Yeah, there's walls going up. There's walls going up. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Well, let's see if this guy is in Texas. Hello, Texas. I am in Texas. Hello, world. All right. Good to talk to you. I'm I'm out of San Antonio, but right now I'm up here by uh, Midland, Odessa area. Midland, Odessa. I'll be flying down to San Antonio the third week of April. I have to climb in a... Ah, I'm going out to Uvalde to the Continental General Proving Grounds out there. Spend a week doing oh. training. Yeah, yeah very pretty. I'll keep out it there. warm for you. Uh, it is? Okay. I'll take your word on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very pretty if you like sticks and rocks and yeah. stones and snakes. Rattlesnakes, yes. But they've got an eight and a half mile oval out there. They drive round and round oh. and round in test tires. Yep. Eight and a half yeah. mile. Yes, yeah. it's a big one. You can if you go to Google Earth, if you go to Google yeah. Earth on your map on your on your computer and you find yeah. Uvalde and then you go south yeah. of Uvalde, you can see yeah. the track and their big skid pad and all their little off road tracks. They got all kinds of stuff out there. It's kinda of awesome. Yeah, I have heard about it, but I haven't really looked at it that deep, but I have heard yep. about it out there. Yes. Okay. Well yeah. what can oh, we do God. for you today? That should that should be a lot of fun. Hey, I got a uh, 2009 Volvo 780. Don't know anything about them. Volvo. Yeah, lucky, <laughs> lucky you. That's yeah. a car, isn't yeah. it? Okay. I don't know nothing yeah. about this guy. <laughs> yeah. What's up? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I got a uh, I got a, a fairly new step deck, a year old, two years old, and I also got a uh, about a six year old, seven year old double drop, and our uh, a detach RGN. Right. And when I hook up to my when I hook up to my RGN, um, I'm losing. I, I I often bottom out, and I mm-hmm. can't figure out why. And I can't mm-hmm. figure out why. So I did some measurements from the ground to the top of my frame rail. I think I'm like uh, like 39 inches when loaded, but mm-hmm. when empty, I'm like 40 inches. 
Mm-hmm. And when I measure from the ground to the top of my fifth wheel plate, I think I'm like uh, like 42 inches. And when I'm empty, I'm like 40, 40, uh, I'm like an inch and a half, like 43 and a half or 44 and a half. So I lose about an inch and a half to two inches when I'm loaded. And I yes. can't figure out why. I can't figure out why it's pushing my my springs down so far. My airbags ain't pushing up enough. You know, I'm hoping you guys have some kind of an answer for me or just get me in the right direction. Well, you got to remember that that style of suspension suspension is an air leaf suspension. The front half of the suspension in front of the axle is a leaf spring, and the second half behind the axle is an airbag. Right. Your air ride control on a Volvo is typically on the front axle, usually on the left side, and and it yep. maintains that height at the same height, okay, for the airbag. But yep. if the leaf springs are collapsing, then you lose height because the leaf springs collapse and the airbag stays the same height, which means it's also changing your pinion angle, which might cause you some driveline vibrations. Yeah, don't get much vibration, but I'm following you. Okay. Here's another here's something I'm just I, I I had thought about it, but never actually considered the math on it. How much do the do the tires squat between empty and loaded? You know, I never measured them when they were from. You mean the height of my I never did yeah. measure them. But you know, go okay, back so, to your spring thought. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, the or second you thing spring, you would measure. The same thing you would measure in order to find out what Kevin's talking about is when you're empty, measure from the ground to the top of the rim. From the ground to the top bulge of the tire. Well, the top the top of the rim. Top of the rim. And then when you load it, see how much the tire has compressed. It's got to compress. We know it compresses. The heavier the load is, the more they're going to compress. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Well, you know, I've got to let's see. On my on my trailer, I got 18 plies, and on my mm-hmm. on my tractor, I think I've got 16 ply. Well, the ply is you're not going to be gonna a lose, problem. You're going to lose yeah. some. I understand that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The ply is not going to be a problem. Your axles, unless you're running under a permit that allows you to run heavier loaded than that, your axles legally can only carry 34,000 pounds on the pair drive axles, right? Yeah, in most, yes, yes. Yeah, okay. perfect, correct. Right. So 14-ply tires would be adequate to carry that load because you're only carrying 4,250 pounds per tire fully loaded in your drive position. Correct. And according to the load and inflation chart for the tire companies, that 14-ply tire or 16-ply tire, with that amount of weight on it, only requires 70 pounds of pressure, which means they're going to squat a lot between loaded and empty, compared to what most people run back there, which is about 100 pounds, which is 30 pounds overinflated. Right. But so let's take your, if you've got 100, uh, 100 pounds per square inch, uh, how much does it carry empty? I, I mean, I know we, we always talk about what it is when it's loaded to 17,000 pounds. Figure, 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 yeah, figure out, figure yeah, I'm right there at 34,000. Figure I'm heavy. I'm right at 34,000. I'm maxed out. Sure. Well, that's for the load on it. Right. How much load is on there when it's empty? Right. Now you're oh, talking about empty, empty I'm I'm forty one thousand empty. Is that with the trailer so on or the so trailer I'm, off? Yeah, that's the trailer on, yep. Trailer on I'm okay. I mean I'm forty one empty. Yep. Okay, okay. So, so forty one total, total the truck and trailer, total. right? Yeah, total. So yeah, yeah. total. So my yeah. so I don't I don't remember what my uh axles were when I was empty up there. I want to say they're right around 20, like maybe 19,000. Yeah, that'd be say. about right. Yeah, they, yeah I want to say right around 12,000 per axle. If you were bobtailed, you would only have 8,000 pounds on the back of your truck. Yeah. Okay. And so then you're picking up, 12, picking up 12,000 pounds by putting the trailer on it, and then you're picking up yeah. the rest of the weight with the load. Okay. But right. right. You're going to lose some deflection in the tire. You're going to lose some deflection in the leaf springs. Yeah. There's, there's, yeah. There, and there's a bunch of bushings that are compressing. Uh, yeah. yeah there's, so there's, yeah. I could see an inch being that's, lost. Easy. I was going to say, you know, where when you look at my spring that runs along, you know, 
the, the length, well, I should say the length of the frame rail, but along, parallel with the frame rail there. Yep. Where, the, where, the, where that rear spring sits in that little hanger. Like yep. when I dropped my trailer earlier today, I was, I was just empty, just bobtail, right? I had about mm-hmm. an inch and a half gap in there. You could see where, I mean, it, it, it's shiny where it wears, you know what I mean? And I had about mm-hmm. an inch and a half gap right there. So now when you put mm-hmm. that trailer on there, that's, there's no gap in there. Well, Is it possible if, that those leaf springs get, they get weak over time? Oh, yeah, they, they, they get weak. Yeah, they get weak and they. No, you have to replace them. There's no way to put a helper in. They get bent down. Okay. But, yeah. but the other thing is, if the airbags are given time to reset to the new weight on them, even empty, that spring should be engaged in the hangar. If yeah, the spring does not. Okay, good. So you, you unload it, and first there's a gap there, and then in 15 minutes later when the airbags have all settled down, the gap is gone, right? Uh, hold on. I think I, I think I spoke wrong. When I'm empty, when there's no trailer on me, I have a gap there, yes. I do have a there's gap. When I'm empty, and the, and the truck is sitting there, sitting there all by itself. It's been sitting there. The air has plenty of time to build the, build the bags up. I still have a gap on the back set of springs. The front ones look like they're touching, but the back ones, I have a little bit of gap there. That shouldn't be that way. So, you so there's my problem. Them. Maybe I got bad bushings or bad uh, something in them okay. springs. So I, I would say the springs themselves have, have collapsed. How many miles run these springs? Well, that I don't know. I've had the truck for almost, let's see, four, a little over four years, four and a half years. And I got well, how many miles are on the truck? On yeah, I got the million million one on the truck. Those are probably the original springs. Yeah. Who I would guess. I would, yeah. I, I would guess. You need new springs. Yep. That'll, okay. that'll I, solve I, I kind of wondered that, but I was, because, you know, I've measured the airbags. I've measured the airbags mm-hmm. at the bottom, you know, mm-hmm. when, I'm, when I'm empty or when I'm bobtailed, just no trailer, mm-hmm. and they're 14 inches. And when I hook up to the mm-hmm. trailer, and I uh, have all that weight on there, whether the trailer's empty or the trailer's got a load on it, I mean, I'm still at 14 inches. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just so, measured the back bags. I just measured the, yeah. I just measured the front bags, just the back bags. And so the problem is the leash spring. So it is that spring. I, I kind of wonder, but I, like I said, I saw all four of them. All four. Yeah, all four. Yeah, 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 you should. Yeah. Put a yeah. set of four on it and be done with it. They don't owe you anything after a million miles. Right. Yeah. Be happy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, fellas. I sure appreciate you, and uh, maybe somebody else will call. Hey, enjoy your time at Uvalde. That'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> there you go. That sounds like fun. You're gonna hurt. You betcha. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. All right. Well, I heard him pretty clearly. There were a couple of little squabbles, Licks, but we did okay. I think the sounds great. okay. All right. there, there's been a couple shows way earlier in this thing where it was way... way we couldn't talk to anybody. Now we're doing all right. Okay, <clears throat> we have a couple, three more people. Uh-huh. The next one is three, two, one. I know where that is. I do too. We've called there before. They've called here before. They launched a rocket from there this morning. They haven't hit us yet. They haven't hit us, but they tried. <laughs> <laughs> this is in Florida. All right. Is he in Florida? Uh, well, that's a long drive too. I think he stayed back and he's watched. He watched the rocket take off. Right. Just hold. I don't know when the next. Let's see what's happened. All right. Hello, Florida. Can okay, you hear I'm me not now? A he. There we are. Yeah, oh, I can gal. hear you. I yeah. can hear you. This is, this is <laughs> yeah. novel. We, yeah. don't, we don't get very many gals calling. Okay, Kevin, we're going to yeah. be on our best behavior now. I have, okay. I have called you guys a couple of times before, and I sure appreciate your show, and I can't wait to hear you on Dave Nemo, too. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, my question is, I have a bit of a shimmy in my steering wheel once in a while, and I Mm -hmm. don't know whether it's the alignment. I don't think it's a balance. Could it be a wheel bearing? I'm not sure. Okay. it doesn't happen all the time. Let me give you the basics on vibrations in a steering wheel. There are three classic speed ranges we get them in. The first starts over 60 miles an hour. High speed. It's a high speed vibration. That tends to be balanced. 
The second one starts as low as 20 miles an hour and tends to get worse the faster you go. That one tends okay, to be an out-of-ground tire. The third one oh. is between 45 and 55 miles an hour in the steering wheel. And it can be intermittent. That's what it is. And it typically uh-huh. only occurs as you're accelerating through the speed range. It doesn't tend to show up when you slow down. In fact, that can indicate a yes. different problem. That sounds like what you, it is. Yep. You're, you're towed out between a 32nd and a 16th of an inch. Right. If the closer you are to correct toe, but still just a hair towed out, the worse the vibration is. Right. So it's an alignment. Yep. But very, very easy. I mean, this, this is something. Okay. Yeah, so the, toe, the toe can change. I mean, a 32nd of an inch change in total toe means that the, the tie rod has shrank by maybe less than a millimeter. Yeah, or there's a little wear in the ball joints or something. That happens. Yeah. So. Um, okay. The, the trick is that most conventional alignment shops won't find this. Right. Because as you drive down the road and drag is on your tires, the drag pulls the tire toward toe out. Okay? And so you're driving down the road and you're a 32nd of an inch toe out because there's drag on it. They park it on the alignment rack with free turning pads. They relax the front end. Now the toe is correct. Okay. Right. I see. So you need to measure it. With the drag in the tire. Now, are, are you um, a little mechanically inclined? No. <laughs> no, okay. All right. No. All right. Forget that idea then. We've okay. got a few people, even okay. in, in Florida, that we would like you to go to to make sure. That yeah, what part of Florida are you in? Well, I don't, I don't live in Florida. I live in Missouri. Ah. So why do you have a Florida phone number? Because she likes well, my, I'm actually I'm from Florida. <laughs> I was from Florida. I, my folks still live there, but I don't live there anymore. It's been and many you years. Kept the phone number. Got yeah. it. You kept the phone number. Yes. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Right. Well, if you get up to Kansas City and see Chad Hahn, that'd be great. He can take care of it. He's I on called, our website. Okay, I did call Chad about a trailer a long time ago, and they don't do trailers. But yes, no, I could stop by and see him it, about this the truck. Him, okay. This. Wouldn't take him long at all if all he does is set the toe. Right. Okay, now what if about Kansas does, City? I'm on, you, are That's you guys is, still he? working out of Kansas City? I mean, I'm sorry, Des Moines. We're in Des Moines. We don't actually do alignments anymore, but there is a guy right oh, here in don't. Des Moines for alignment service oh, who, okay. who brought my alignment business, and he Chad, can do it for you. That's easy. Chad. Okay, Dale. who is that? Dale Lancaster. At Pro Alignment Service. If you go to our website, MD Alignment, go to the okay. shop locator tab, okay. pick Des Moines, okay. his, his name will come up. Right. And I should say, okay, just because Des I just was in Des Moines, yeah. I know his number, too, 515-240-5499. You remember that? Well, it was your number. I know it was my number, but I don't remember it. Exactly. It's because I'm old. Okay, run that by me again, 515-240-what? 5499. Five four nine nine. And where's his shop yeah. located? He's mobile. He's mobile. He doesn't really. He'll tell you. Oh, he's mobile. Place to get to. Yeah. Right. There's another. Oh. And I say, just because I was there the other day, there's another place that does really good work, and getting a lot of high praise from their customers. And it's a Ziegler Cat over here in Altoona. Yeah, the cat dealership. So they're they're. Well, that's where I had mine done a lot. Yeah, that's where I thought you guys used to do this at a long time ago because I had one done right. by that's you guys probably at. six yeah. seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Kevin Dillon oh, okay. over there at Ziggler Cat, right. but I he trained the guys at Ziggler, and now they're doing them. So, because, oh, you know, okay. we so thought that, you know, since they're not building cat engines sure. anymore, maybe they'd need something else to do. Uh, strangely sure, enough, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I got two choices. Okay, great. Yep. Perfect. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yes, all right. You, you have a great bye-bye. day. Bye-bye. Looking right. forward to your another bye-bye. show. Bye-bye. Okay, dokie. Bye-bye. A satisfied customer calling back. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Oh, shoot. Well, now it doesn't want to uh, clear that phone call, does it? Oh, it'll get there. Eventually. Oh, she dropped. She hung up. Okay, there we go. That's good. Okay. All right. Now, we have one in a 570 area code. Yes, we do. Where's 570? I have no idea. Oh, come on. Ontario. Take a guess. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. All right. Puxatawney Phil. 
<laughs> I bet not. Let's see if this guy saw a shadow. Pennsylvania. I'm sure Paxitania is. You never know what we're talking about. Hello, Pennsylvania. I heard. I heard he saw his shadow, so I shot him. A <laughs> guy after my own heart. You and Bill Murray. <laughs> and I'm not in Pennsylvania right now. I'm actually in Kentucky. Oh, well, okay. Well, that's not bad. You can get some good whiskey down there. I've heard of that place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, live, I live right on the Bourbon Trail. I'm, I live right. seven minutes away from the convention center. Oh. Cool. Oh, cool. Out there, out there now, in Louisville. A little bit. I actually have two questions. So, how much extra are you going to charge me for the second one? <laughs> we charge uh, double. I like bourbon, so I'm going to charge you <laughs> a bottle, bottle of, of what? Uh, roses? Is that the name of it? Something like that. I'll go with yeah. That. What do you got? Yeah, I might. I might be able to arrange to bring a bottle or so into the convention center <laughs> for you. At the back okay, show. The first question, there you go. <laughs> the first question I have is ride height. We all know ride height affects the driveline angles and can mm-hmm. induce certain vibrations. Yes. But does ride height have any effect on ride? You know, let's say ride height is off, but it's not inducing any vibrations. Can it have an effect on A, tire wear, and B, ride quality? A, no, and B, no. Okay. And my second question, and this is a good one for you to sink your teeth into. My truck is a 2007 Freightliner Columbia. Yeah, I know, I know. I've heard all Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> got got 957,000 miles on her. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the process of starting a bumper-to-bumper rebuild on her. You know, mm-hmm. one piece at a time, just like Johnny Cash. Sure. The question I have is, do I take it into a reputable shop, you know, like Chad or T&E Tire, and have I never recommend taking it to a non-reputable shop. (laughs) Well, if I'm going to take it to a non-reputable shop, it'll have to be in Reno so I can go to the house of ill repute next door. (laughs) Good plan. (laughs) Okay, so either take it to a reputable shop or what? Do I take it into a shop like uh, Chad or T&E Tire in KC and have them retorque all the bearings, or at 957,000 miles, do I bite the bullet and have new races pressed in and put all new bearings in? Well, all right, my opinion is, you have the bearings inspected. Right. And if everything looks good, don't fix what ain't broke. Right. The labor and, I mean, bearings aren't that expensive, but you're throwing, you know, upwards of $1,000 at something that doesn't need it at all. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't do it. Okay. Yep. That's all I got for you tonight. Cool, All right. cool. And and Chad and those guys would know how to check those bearings without tearing everything apart and give you an honest oh, opinion I know. whether you need to do it or not. Yeah. Yep. It's easy to check the inner bearings on the steer, jack it up, put your hand on the brake chamber, and spin the wheel. You got it. You understand that. Now, back on the back end, you kind of got to pull the drive axle out and inspect the outer bearing. And if, the, if it fails, it fails on the outer bearing. So you can look at that one and put it back in and say it's okay. Oh, I know it fails on the outer bearing. I've had uh, axle surgeon do both spindles on the front drive axle. Yeah, so you understand. It's no big deal. Okay? Right. Okay. Okay. You have a great day. You too, Mike and Kevin. All right, bye. All right. So that was Puxatawney Phil from Kentucky. In Kentucky. He shot, Kentucky. The, he shot the groundhog. Shot the, yeah, well, he's a good shot shooting it from Kentucky. All right. Seven right. seven oh seven. Seven oh seven. That's a plane. So probably it is a plane. Seattle. No, California. California. Close, no cigar. Okay. Is he in California? Uh yeah. Yeah. They're not letting anybody out of well, state. Hello, California. Hello, gentlemen. Do you have your wa- enough? <laughs> Pardon me? Do you have your wa- do you have your water wings on? 
<laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> no. How about that? I'm in, Bal- <laughs> I'm in Baltimore. We don't need oh. over there. So All right, good for you. Good for you. Taking my call on the camel, I mean the uh, rolling toe show. Uh, Glad to do it. Hey, I saw Chad, and here's a question for you because I don't know who else to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my RV by Chad, and he doesn't he doesn't do trailers. So, um, mm-hmm. what's the process to align my wheels on my RV? Use a string to wear and. Oh, okay. What do you tow the RV behind? Pickup truck. And is it a fifth wheel or bumper hitch? It's a fifth wheel, but it's got a gooseneck. That's okay. It's a fifth wheel with a gooseneck. That's fine. Are the axles on the trailer as wide as the drive axles on your truck? No. Okay, they're They're narrower. The trailer is wider wider than the truck? Oh, perfect. That's easy then. Then I would hook the truck and trailer up as a unit and drive it up someplace in a parking lot, nice and straight. I would string around the trailer axle and take it up to the drive and take a tape measure from the drive axle out until the string touches the front and back of the trailer tire and then get a measurement on the the tape measure on the drive. Where exactly would you measure from on the drive axle? Oh, the bottom center. Bottom center of the, of the, of the rim. rim. Okay, bottom you, center of the wheel. Yeah, you bump the tape right up against the bottom center of the rim and have it coming out away from the axle. The string comes around the trailer axle, and you bring the string in along the tape measure until the string touches the front sidewall of the trailer tire. And that gives you okay. a direct line. Yeah. And compare the measurement right. on one side of the trailer with the measurement on the other side of the trailer, and you'll know where it's going. Right. Now, what... Uh, okay. Well, my, I, my I, I know question... I have a problem because there's... There's three quarters of an inch difference between the the tires. Three quarters of an inch difference between the tires on the trailer. So I know something. On the tandem axle. On the ta- uh, it's a tandem axle trailer. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. You. you the, yeah. Wow. That's a lot. That's a ton. You should well, be no, it, no more than the sixteenth. How does it trail behind the tra- the the pickup? You know, I can't tell that it trails bad, but it, it does it, it does cut tires, so Oh yeah. It does cut oh, yeah. Okay. And which tires does it cut? The back axle or the front axle? Um to be honest with you, I can't remember. Been, well, if uh, you look at that, if you can determine that it's cutting one axle and not the other, then just uh unbuttoning it and straightening it out straighten that axle out with the other one will solve your problem. Because when you have a tandem axle trailer, one of the axles tends to be the boss, and the other axle would drive sideways to go with it. If you have if you have a tandem axle trailer, one of the axles would be the boss, and the other axle would drag sideways to go with it. Now, since you say it tends to drag straight behind you, but it eats tires, that tells me the dominant axle is actually probably lined up right, and the other axle is the one you got to fix. So if you just square up those numbers, okay. the the three quarters between them, and, and reduce it down to within an eighth, a sixteenth, a sixteenth, sir, everything uh, should be fine. You'll be done. Okay. All right. So how do I tell? Okay. So I'll just I can just measure the, between those two axles then because yeah. I, you know, the RV place tried to tell me the axle was bent. Of course, they didn't even look at it. So, Doesn't I, I matter. Thought, you know. Well, okay, then wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's possible it is bent. So, how about we measure that? Okay. Or identify that. Is it wearing out just one tire? Or is it wearing yes. out both tires on the axle? What? what say that again. No. What, what is it doing? One, one tire. One tire. One, and one, one you, tire is cutting on the outside edge. Okay. All right, then, then the axle is probably bent. Yeah. Now, let's confirm that. In order to confirm it, you need three tools and an assistant named Vanna. Yeah. Okay? Okay. You, you need a roll of duct tape. Yep. You need an ink pen. Yep. And you need a tape measure. And you have your trailer pulled up someplace, hooked up to the truck, and you put duct tape on the front no backside of the tires on that axle on the tread, you know, a piece of duct tape on one tire, piece of duct tape on the other. You make two little ink marks with your ink pen and you measure between those ink marks 
without hitting leaf springs or anything, and you get that measurement right out on the side of the tire, then drive the truck forward until the two pieces of duct tape show up in the front side of the tire, measure it again. If it doesn't match within a sixteenth of an inch or so, the axle's bent. Yeah, easiest way is to make those two marks on the backs of the tire one whole number. It's like 91 inches between these two. Then roll it forward and see what the difference is at the front. The, the assistant has to hold the other end of the tape yes. measure. Yes, make sure it's a tastefully dressed blonde. Yeah, when she leans over, you get a good view. Right. Never mind. Okay. I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with okay. that. Okay. All right. You guys, you guys are sick individuals, and I can relate. Yes, we are. <laughs> yeah, if it's, if it's cutting one tire, the odds are the axle is bent. Right. Now, let's okay. talk about how we're going to fix it. Let's talk about how we're going to fix it, okay? One way is you buy a whole new axle and put it in there. That's an easy way. Right. Okay. The second way is many of those trailer axles, the spindle actually bolts onto a flat plate with four bolts that holds the spindle on this square tube axle. Okay? Okay. So let's say it's towed in too much. If you undo the four bolts on the side that's bent, and you put some shims between the plate and the spindle on the front side of that flat plate, on the bottom and on the top. When you build it back together, it's going to change the toe, isn't it? Sure. And you could shim it until the toe's right, build it up, and go ahead and drive it. Yep. Okay. Now, I don't know how much yep. it's going to take. Well, fiddle around with that. Yeah, that's, you'll figure it out. Yeah. I mean, for every, it could be, what is it, uh, for every sixteenth of an inch change that you make at the axle, I mean, that close to the axle, you're going to change the toe. And, 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 and I need to know then how far apart is the bolt pattern. Is right. the bolt pattern on the bolts four inches? And then how big is the tire? If the tire is two feet, then a sixteenth of an inch and four inches changes the toe so much in two feet. But if you've got 12-inch tires, it's going to change it less. So you, you can figure it out. Okay. Yeah. All righty? Sounds great. There, there's nobody that right. does this. I can't find anybody to do it. So uh, I guess it's up to me. They would, they would gladly replace an axle. Now, let me give you an example of this. I bought a, a Toyota Matrix back around 2001. <laughs> and this thing had directional tires on it. And in automotive, they do make directional tires, which means I could only rotate them front to back. And I noticed that after the second rotation, that both tires on the left side were wearing on the inside edge. So something's wrong. And I took it into the Toyota dealer, and I says, the alignment's wrong on this, and it's wearing this, and I'd like you to check it. And they came back out with a printed sheet, and they said, it's within spec. I said, let me see the sheet, and I looked at it. And the drive axle, the rear axle, which was not the drive axle, because it's a front-wheel drive. It's a trailing axle. It was almost half an inch to it out. I said, this is in spec? He says, yeah, this is in spec. I said, I want to look at it. I want to look at the car. We went out and looked at the car, and it had this four-bolt pattern Bolting the spindle on. I says, can you fix this? No, no, it's not authorized to be fixed. I said, get it off your goddamn rack. I'm taking it home. I went home, calculated the shims I needed, jacked it up, unbolted it, stuck two 164th inch shims in it, put it back down, bolted it up, remeasured the toes right. The tires were great after that. So it's 60 frames. So in that case, because of the distance between the axle and the shim and the width of the tire. And the width of the axle. Shim was A 64th did everything I needed to do. Right. So... That's right. that's the thing. Just in in this case, you got to know what you're what all you're going to need to create. Or, or trial and error. Stick something in, see what happens. Yep. Okay. Sure. That's, that's what she said. All right, buddy. All right. You have a good day. All right. Bye bye. Yeah, you too. All right. Bye. Okay. okay. We did okay. California. They're flooding out there. Right. We, but we got Baltimore. Your great grandma and my your grandma, and my mom are out there in Southern California. Up on a hill. Up on a hill, watching everybody slide away from them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got another one. Okay. 719. We got a few more. 719 sounds like California, too, doesn't it? 719 does sound No, like it's Colorado. Colorado. What is it? Started with a C. 619 is Colorado. Started with a C. 740 is Colorado. Is this guy in Colorado? Is it? Well, probably not. He might be. I'm going to say probably not. They got some good weed there. <laughs> hey, man, is you in Colorado? I'm mistaking you. No, I'm actually in North Dakota. North Dakota? 
You're up there where it's cold, man. Actually, it's 50-something degrees today. Ooh, awesome. Awesome. It was 70 here in Des Moines. Yeah, yeah. So what's up in in the the Dakotas? Well, I got a 2010 uh, Columbia, and I think you Mm -hmm. might already answered my question. Uh, I got a vibration in at around 55 mile an hour, but it seems to have a vibration again, and it's it's in the steering wheel. But it seems mm-hmm. to have it again after about 75 to 80 mile an hour. Okay, so you got two problems yeah. then. Yeah, that's two problems. Things. First, the low speed vibration that starts at 45 and goes to about 55, and it's just a little little slight twitch in the steering wheel. It doesn't that's show up when you slow vibration. down. It, it only st- does it when you speed up, right? Uh, actually, it does it more when I slow down than when I speed up, seems like. Okay. It's not so when I hold that speed, when I hold that speed, it just—I mean, it really goes. I've put it's balanced. wheel rings in it. Put new. Uh, it's balanced. It's balanced. Okay. Let's what say do you use for balance? Well, I've got centromatic balancers on it, and that didn't do it. And so then I had them put that deep <coughs> on the tires. No, if one didn't do it, the other won't do it because they're both good balance got, systems. Okay. It's got. Brand new tires on it, brand new rims, brand new drums, brand new brakes, brand new wheel brakes, brand new <laughs> You just get, you just said it. Brand new drums. Are brand the drums wheels. balanced? Uh, I couldn't tell you that. For the price I paid, they better be. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've had a few of those show up that are not balanced either at all or not balanced properly. Most of them that we have a problem with are not balanced at all, okay? And there's two ways to balance. One is that they weld the weight on the drum, and the other is they gouge some metal out to make it balance. And we've had some that when we looked at them, neither one of them had been done to it. And when we took that drum and put it on an off-the-truck spin balancer and spun it up, they were like 25 and 30 ounces out of weight. Wow. And no balance system, counteract or equal, is going to handle that. So okay. it's a pretty good vibration. I would, I guess, that is something to center in on. Did this start after you had the new drums put on? No, it actually did it before. Uh, it did it. It's done it ever since I've owned the truck. I've only owned the truck for about a year, I guess. Uh, and it, it was really slight. Just barely did it, and then. I don't remember. Well, I was running some cement and hit a chuck hole, and uh, I think I broke a belt in the tire and started chopping, so I put new tires on it because I don't like putting more mm. tires on a new set. Uh, mm-hmm. And it didn't, fix the, it didn't fix the vibration at all. And then it's gradually gotten worse. And so, like I said, I put new tires on it again, uh, and I put rims on it this time because I thought, well, okay, you put three rims on it. Good. Yeah. Uh, and that didn't fix it either. And then so uh, I tried, like I said, I tried balancing it with uh, Centromatics and uh, Equal. Uh, that didn't help at all. Uh, then I thought, well, okay, maybe I've got a drum that's out around or something. You know, they're, they're original drums, and so right. I put brand new drums and brakes on it. But as I was doing that, I found a wheel uh, seal out, and this thing's got different hubs. you got to change the wheel seals. you got to uh, put new hubs on it. So I put brand new hubs on it, brand new uh, wheel bearings, wheel seals, and all that. So this has got the unitized sealed bearings in the front. Yes. Okay. All right. Place the whole thing. All right. So now throw the drums away. Throw, throw that idea away. Throw the balance issue away. Okay, you've replaced everything from the spindle out to the tire. Yeah. So we're throwing all this stuff away now. I okay. What about kingpin and tuck? Okay. Uh, are they the original kingpins? Uh, most likely. No, no, no. I haven't. Okay, there is another vibration that can occur, and you'll feel it as you go up through the speed range, the 45 to 50 speed range. You'll feel it again as you come down through it, and if you stay in it, it can really make it oscillate. And that is a kingpin that is not properly greased, or that the thrust bearing is going out in the kingpin. Because the the tires are supposed to float a little bit in that range, and if there's something inhibiting it, they, they tend to oscillate. Now, I don't like tearing things apart to fix things, but I like right. a couple of easy ways to test to see if I can make it better or worse. 
Do you grease the truck yourself or you have somebody else do it? I do it myself. Do you jack the wheels up off the ground when you grease the kingpins? Uh, when I'm at home, I do. Uh, I usually grease it once a week, and when I'm on the road, I don't. Uh, mm-hmm. When I do get it home, I do jack it up and grease it. Okay, here's what I'd like you to do. Next time you're home, you're going to grease the truck. I want you to jack up the front end, and I want you to have a full tube of grease. I want you to put a piece of cardboard into the wheel under the kingpin to catch all the extra grease that's going to come out. And I want you to grease that son of a bitch. I want you to put grease in until all the dirty grease comes out and fresh grease starts showing up, dropping onto the cardboard. Okay? Okay. Then I want you to turn the steering wheel all the way to the left and all the way to the right with it jacked up in the air. And I want you to put a little more grease in it. And then I want you to set it down on the ground and I want you to turn it all the way left and all the way right. We're going to work this new grease in. We're going to get all the contaminants out, the metal flakes and everything else out. Okay? Okay. Then I want you to drive it and see if it made any improvement. If it made some okay. improvement, but then after 50 or 1,000 miles, it gets worse again. You've got a bad kingpin. Okay. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, it does, actually. Okay. Most people grease the wrong way. Most people grease until they see a little grease start to pooch out, and they say, oh, that's it. I filled it with grease again. But they left all the contaminants in there. The moisture, the metal, the dirt, the crap, it's all still in there eating things up. And so we want to purge all of that out and see if it will start acting right. Okay. So from now on, when I jack it up and grease it, you're saying to grease it until there's fresh grease coming out. That's the way I was taught. And you got to have a piece of cardboard to catch it, otherwise you make a hell of a mess. Right. Grease is cheap. <laughs> that it does. Yeah, grease. there's nothing okay. cheaper than grease. Yeah. But I mean, well, how many miles are on this thing? Uh, it's got oh, just under 600,000. Okay, this could very easily be a thrust-bearing problem in the kingpin. Yeah, and if you, yeah, if you just, yeah, it's worth, it will be worth it to find out before you just go ahead and say tear it apart. Well, but the, at this mileage, it's almost yeah, hard to... It's very it. possible. Now, there's another test you can do. If it works and then it starts getting bad again and you want to, okay, I, I can see it's in the kingpin. I want to know, is it the right one or the left one? You jack the truck up and you take a heavy-duty garbage bag, fold it up, and put it underneath each one of the steer tires to act as a slip plate. Yeah. Then you okay. disconnect the, the tie rod from across and disconnect the drag link. And then... You might probably have to have a couple of jacks underneath or take a little weight off the wheels, okay? And then you grab the tires and attempt to turn them left to right with your hands, okay? And one of them will turn nice and easy, and the other one will hang up. The one that hangs up is the one with the thrust bearing going out of it. That is good to know. Is that in your guys' books that they have on No, no, no. That's in the advanced course we're going to be teaching. Yeah, we just gave away (laughs) an entire day worth of the course. Yeah, just blow it all. But start with start with the grease test. Start with the grease test. See if it does any good at all. Okay, will do. All righty, buddy. You have a good day. All right. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Thanks for calling. Bye. All right, we got about fifteen minutes and eighty-five calls left. We're not going to get to all of them, but let's see what we can get to. No, we got two oh four. Two oh four. Is that Texas? Kind of sounds like Texas. Two oh four. I'm looking at the list. I'm, I'm 204 is not Texas. 204 is Manitoba, Canada. Canadian. It's actually a little like Texas, but colder. Colder than Texas, yes. Four strong winds are blowing up there. How you doing? Very good. How are you? I'm having a good day. Sounds like it. So, yeah, right. so what's up I've, there? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not there right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you at? I've got... I'm in Wisconsin. Got, ah, uh, uh-huh. Got two little <laughs> questions yeah. for you. Hopefully easy. Okay. First, right. first one, uh, Freightliner Pinchman arm bolt constantly loosening. Uh, hammered out a Pitman arm once, replaced it, put a new bolt, new lock nut, everything on, torqued it to spec. Good, about for, good for about a year. And then starts loosening again. Tighten it up, drive it two weeks, bolt's loosening again. And now I weld the nut to the bolt, hoping that that's solving the problem. But what's causing that? Any idea? 
there's a couple of things that can be causing it. One is if you're not using the right grade bolt. Now, I now can't remember doing, if you're supposed to get grade eight. Proper, yeah, grade eight, fine thread, whole nine yards. Okay, all right. The second possibility is that the pitman arm is not fitting on the output shaft correctly. Okay. If there's movement there, it gradually loosens itself up again. Right. And and you, other than basic knowledge on bolts and clamping and things like that, you've really stepped out of our field. But if that thing keeps loosening up, I'd have somebody that knows what he's doing with those things fix it because that's that's a safety hazard, boy. Yeah, replace those two yeah. components all together. Yeah. It's it's just it's just dart showing up. There's a little bit of play in the steering, and then I catch it right away. So tighten the nut. Just Correct. Keep turn the hole, and the problem solved. But yeah, now now yeah. I've welded the nut to the bolt, and hopefully that's gonna. Keep <laughs> I would be interested to see what you've welded the bolt, so you know the nut's backing, not backing off now. If it loosens up again, then it is definitely the fitment between the output shaft and the pitman arm. Right. But it was a fairly new steering box, and like I said, I put a new pitman arm on there as well. So it, mm-hmm. it was still loosening yep. up a while. We'll see what's yep. happening now. Uh, okay. Second one. Uh, now this, on now this, one, this, this one costs you double. Okay. Just fair warning. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll give you my credit card number when we're done. Okay. So, all right. All right. <laughs> yeah. Off the air. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, both both my steer tires. I measured them the other day. I've got a little bit of a throw out. Very very little. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But they're getting good monitors. I'm just gonna correct that next time. But I've got mm-hmm. one tire that developed one flat spot mm-hmm. on, the, on the three on the three ribs on the inside. I got one flat spot that's kind of feathered. Mm-hmm. The problem is I I bought the tire used, and mm-hmm. uh, some time in the past I did a serious emergency brake once with the truck. So I don't know if there was something in the used tire that I don't know, or if it was my emergency brake, or if there's something that can cause one flat spot to develop on the tire. Yes. In the center three ribs on the current production low rolling resistance tires, where in the center three ribs typically comes from under inflation. So how much air are you running? 120 PSI. And what does the sidewall of the tire say? 120, the 16 plus steer tire. So you're right at the minimum pressure for that tire. You should never have less than that according to the sidewall. If you want to carry 6,600 pounds of weight, you have to have 120. Okay? So my recommendation of what we find works best on these tires is to put 10 extra pounds in it, run 130, and we get less of that center rib wear. This wasn't an issue 15 years ago. Yeah, 15 years ago with, with conventional tires, 120, 150, hell, 110 would have been okay. But with current tires, they need more air. Interesting. Yep. All right. All right. Very good, buddy. Thanks. You have a good day. Right. All right. How much time we got? So our Canadian friends. Uh, Eleven minutes. Canadians. Yep. Okay. Uh, Nine five two is the next one. That's Jamaica. Yeah. Isn't it? No. You know? No. Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh, it's just next door. Uh, uh, Minnesota, Sven and Ollie. They're enjoying a beautiful day in February. <laughs> yes, a beautiful day in February in the land of lakes. Let's see what we got here. All right. Hello, Sven. Uh, Lena sends her regards. Oh, thank you, Lena. Is she going to send us some lutefish? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> What's up? Okay, so um, with these front end vibrations, are you, uh, I, I, I think uh, I'm guessing you guys are making the assumption that all of the callers are smart enough to have uh, the same brand steer tires and that they're not both 30 seconds of an inch off. Well, yeah, Is we that have correct? to. We have to make some basic assumptions, yeah. Uh, we can spend a <laughs> yeah. lot of time talking about my new shoes. What, what, we, what we talk about when we mention them, 
when I say the typical vibration from up to 40 miles an hour comes from out of rounds, and the typical vibration over 60 comes from balance, and the typical vibration between 40 and 60 comes from toe out or this bad kingpin problem, that's 95% right. Right. Then there's, then there's always right. exceptions. Yeah, my, uh, my recent experience was with, with mismatched front tires because I was being cheap. And, uh, That'll do it. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, that's, that's all I wanted to mention. Good I appreciate it. You bet you. Thank you. You had, wait, you had mismatched tires on the steer axle and it caused a problem? Yeah, caused the vibration. Yeah. Caused the harmonic between them because the casings rebounded at different frequencies. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that'll do it. Okay, well, that's cool. All right. Have a good day. Yep. Bye. Okay, you got to turn the other one off. Hello, 416. Whoops. You, you turned off the wrong one. Oh, turn that one off. All right. Yep. Now turn this one on. Now turn this one on. Now it's 416. Hello, 416. Hi. How you doing? Good, thanks. Um, Good. Question about uh, last week, last time, someone mm-hmm. uh, inquiry about uh, tire monitoring. Uh, do you guys yes. like the crossfire system? Crossfire is, is fine, but it's not an automatic inflation system. It's a balancing system. It balances the pressure between the two tires. And there's a little indicator that when you walk around the truck, you can look in the wheel and see what the pressure equalization is. There's okay. also one other major problem with that that we have found is that over time, not right when it was installed, but a few hundred thousand miles later, there may be issues with any of the many, many Schrader valves in the system failing, and there's no real indication that they did that. Well, we got some background noise on your phone there. So, yeah, my I have a cheap service provider. It makes very financial sense, but I aggravate people. <laughs> All right, very good. <laughs> so, did, did that answer your question? Yeah, uh, now, uh, what the other system, something that it, it, it inflates the tires? There are automatic inflation the right systems. There, there, yes, there are some automatic inflation systems. They all have problems, which I'm not enthused about. There are also tire pressure monitoring systems that you screw under the valve stem or you glue them inside the tire, and they send a signal right up to your dashboard a little reader you have on the dashboard to tell you what your pressure is. Right. Those I like better. We like those better because the, the systems that are supposed to be automatically pressurizing your, your, your tires can fail without you ever knowing. At least with the tire pressure monitoring system, you're, you're constantly being updated with information on the, on the pressure. Can you hear us? Because we're having a hard time hearing ourselves. <laughs> uh, I can hear you guys great. Um, you know, okay. perhaps awesome. when you guys talk, I should put my phone in mute, right? Yeah, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, uh, uh, what's the name of the system and the brand name, and where can I find it? Maybe the I-80 Drag Stop? Yeah, some of them are available to truck. Some of them you look up. Well, you're, you're going to spend 600 to $800 for a wired system that will report to you. One is Pressure Pro. You can find them on the internet. Um, There's several different brands, but you, you can look them up and see what's available. I think uh, Kevin Rutherford, Rutherford yeah. has some available on his website on, on Trucking Business and Beyond. Right. That's it. Yeah, look at what he's got there. It's probably... Okay. Now... Perfect uh, the other, the other day, uh, I had a mishap that I spoke to you about last time, uh, last couple of calls, uh, about my tire skipping. And what happened was I ended up having maybe a spring break uh, not releasing. I ended up driving brand new Michelins uh, yeah. for two, three miles. I ended up making a flat spot. So yep. I, at least, you know, since the tire is not a, a single, I was able to turn the tires a little bit, and now I only hear like a bit of a skip or jump 
at low speed, like really low yes. speed, right? The rest I can live with. Um, but the tires, now, the tires will continue yeah. to cut because they've already started. I'm sorry? The tires will continue to cup because they already started. Okay, I'm sorry. What does that mean? That the tires will continue to what? The pattern will continue. It is going to get flat spotted and it's going to get worse. Because once they okay, start, so they can't stop. Oh, they don't round up with wear? I thought that with time they would wear, you know, around, mm. I mean, when the no. the rest of the tire wears, doesn't it catch up with what's no. been worn? The oh, no, the short always remains low. The short part keeps getting shorter. Yeah, the, the back in the day of bias ply tires, that used to be something you could have happen. You could fix a problem, and then eventually the tire would wear out, smooth, it would smooth itself out. But bias uh, radial tires don't do that. And the more sensing, even now, when we've got these good low rolling resistance tires, it's even worse. So that's, uh, once okay. you start a pattern, you will not stop it. Okay. Now, whatever it costs, yeah. Now, whatever costs my, my uh, I'm sorry if I extend myself. I just wanted to ask you something else about it because that's okay. Uh, it's that's been okay. at a shop. It's been at a sh- at, at, at my terminal shop, and they didn't have anything other to report other than it needed lubrication. To whatever I mean, before the winter, is it a good idea, to, you know, to inspect all. And, you know, bring second wheels out and we lubricate. I don't know, what can one do to prevent this stuff from happening? Because in my six years as a company driver, I never had an instructor uh, seize these wheels like this, like it did. You know, and it was just so happened after I put new tires. So I, I was really disappointed to do damage to new tires, you know. Yeah, but, but springs break. Brake chambers fail. Things like that happen, and there's no way to predict it. You could put a brand new one on, and two weeks later it could fail. You just never know. The trick is that when you start rolling, you need to be able to look in your mirrors and see that the tires are all turning. Right, right. Well, in my case, you know, in the tractor, in the passenger side mirror, you know, I guess with a motorized mirror, you always have to turn it down and look and make sure that... Oh, we start turning, I guess. It's really cool. I guess. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky, but that's one of the risks of operating a truck. You have to know your wheels are actually turning. Right. And, you know, there's a, the, the TPMS can even help with that because they also have temperature gauges. But by the time the temperature goes up, you will ruin the tire. Yeah, that's true. Well, I try to keep an eye. Thank you guys for your time. You have a great day, amigo. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we have been at this an hour. One hour. We have two more okay. questioners. Do we answer their question or not? Well, let's 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 do it. Real oh, quick. what the heck? Four oh five. Got to be quick. Four oh five. Hello, four oh five. Are you in Oklahoma? Good evening. Good evening. Yes, sir. I am. Oklahoma. Home of the fastest street drag cars in the nation. The oh, 405. Awesome. The 405. <laughs> She's real fine by 409. Oh, that's the 409, not a 405. Okay, what's up? <laughs> real quick, um, crossing from lane to lane, that darn crack in between the lanes on concrete. This wants truck to cut your truck and, and heaves all over the place. Yes, sir. Two things. One, make sure your steer axle wheel bearings are tight. And two, make sure the toe is right, because that characteristic tends to occur because you've got a light, slight toe out or loose wheel bearings on the front end of the truck. Just a little bit of toe out. Just a, and like, like 30 seconds. earlier, yeah. most alignment shops won't catch it because it's so close to, to correct toe, they call it correct toe. And it's not. Okay. Right. Now, there's okay. one other possibility. Just say, listen, one, I need this towed in better. There's one other possibility, and this is, is as you cross the crown from the slow lane to the fast lane and the truck leans over to the left side instead of the right side, if the truck tries to lunge at that point, that's loose spring shackles on the back end of your front leash springs. 
back end of the front. Well, that might explain the squeak when I'm hitting potholes, wouldn't it? And in the slow in the parking lot when you're turning, you hear a clunk and bump underneath your seat. Okay, I don't get that. Okay. But that that's the other characteristic. If it's really following cracks in the road, that's towing wheel bangs. But if it lunges as you come over the crown, then it's the back end of the of the leash spring slapping side to side in their spring hangers. Wouldn't would okay. that be would that not occur after your wheel has already gone over the edge? I mean, it would be it would be when the weight shift. The weight shift. So if it's so if it's the difference between the characteristic of the tire dropping off the off the the, the ledge and trying to dive away, versus uh, the weight uh, shifting from left to right lane. Right. Okay. Okay. Great. Thank you very much. You bet, you bud. Bye bye. One more. Bye-bye. One more. Yeah. We'll do one this more. is 574, and 574 is Indiana. All right. Uh, he's not there because it's kind of a small state, easy to get. Yeah, out. it's easy to get. Two hours, you're out of Indiana. What's up, Indiana? Are you there? I don't know. He might not be there. Can you hear me, Indiana? Uh, Hello? I heard something for a second, but then it... Put him back on hold. Uh-huh. There's nobody else. I know. Put him back on hold. And then try them again. Okay, I'm going to try this again and see if it One more time. Can we find Indiana? There you are. I heard you. Are you with us? No, you're not. Oh, you're back. Hello. He's trying. He ain't getting there. One more time. One more time. time We'll give it a shot. We'd like to talk to the guy. Is he there? Can you hear me now? Well, folks, it's been a it's been a fun hour. We've gone a little over, but that's okay. They don't charge us by the minute. Yeah. Enjoy yourselves this week. We'll come back next Sunday night for more of Adam's Stomach Turns. Right. That'll be. Is that after the Daytona 500? I don't know. I don't remember. Do they run? Maybe that was today. Don't know anything about it. Bye, y'all. Thanks for joining us on Rolling Toe. If you like what you heard here, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or listen to our other shows at audioroad.letstruck.com. To get in touch with our tribe, call us at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining us for the ride down the audio road.